The Healthy Charleston podcast is brought to you by Made to Move Physical Therapy. Made to Move Physical Therapy specializes in helping you get out of pain and get back to doing what you love. We offer relationship-oriented, one-on-one, individualized care to all of our clients, and we believe in putting the patient's needs first. If you'd like to work with me or any of our other physical therapists at Made to Move, check out the link in the show notes and get 10% off of your first session. We have locations throughout Charleston, Mount Pleasant, West Ashley, Somerville, and Daniel Island. Don't waste another day stuck in your pain. Follow the link and schedule an appointment today. Welcome to the Healthy Charleston Podcast, where we help you take ownership of your health and fitness. My name is Hannah, and I am here to be your source of accurate health and fitness information while spreading awareness about all of the different health and fitness resources available to you in the Charleston area. Be sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. I hope you enjoy the show. Today, I'm talking with Ashley Anthony, owner of Active Ash Training a personal trainer, small group fitness instructor at FAST, and also she's a co-host to the More Than Alive podcast. And we're talking about how to focus on what really matters in health and fitness, the real reason we should be working out, the power of relationships and connections, and how to get rid of the noise in health and fitness and focus on what matters. Before the episode starts, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And now on to the show. All right, Ashley, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I've been a big fan for for a while. I remember, um, well, when was that? That Rach was like, hey, like I have someone who wants to talk to you about the podcast. And we sat down and you're like, what do you do? And I was like, Ashley, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I just want to give you a, a shout out right now. Like you sitting down with me and, and speaking with me actually meant more than than you realize because it says a lot about you like and who you are and you're wanting to help others because not everyone is like that. Not everyone is willing to reach down and pull someone else up. And so it says a lot about you. So I think that's huge in, in any career or anything um, to be willing to like speak with the people quote unquote below you and, and openly chat with them and help them. Like that says so much about you. So thank you. Thank you. Wow. That was really sweet. Yeah. I've, I always feel like like I kind of what we're talking about today a little bit too is like ask for the meeting, like reach out to people, totally. get, get coffee, like get to know people. Like that's been so invaluable and just like building connections and learning. Yeah. I mean, usually the worst thing that's going to happen is they'll say no or they won't reply to you. Yeah. Um, I actually, I, I saw a, a study was just uh, performed like it was over the, like the last 20 years or something it was by this like MIT professor and they used LinkedIn a ton and the title was like weak ties matter the most. Um, I was just reading about it yesterday actually in the morning brew email. Um, and they said that there, there have been a few big research studies that just got finished that said that weak ties matter the most. So like your mom's tennis coaches, hairdressers is more important in getting you the job than, you know, a best friend or a, a sibling or something. Yeah. And, and so connections do matter. Oh my God. It, like the relationships are ultimately what matters the most. Like people will be like, oh, where should I go for this? And like, even if I haven't experienced that service, if I know and I like, and I trust the person giving it, I'm going to refer. 
you know, yeah, like, oh, exactly. well, I love this person. Like, Ashley is great, but like, you haven't trained me. But I'm like, I know that she's going to be amazing <laughs> just because we're friends. Well, word of mouth is the number one. I, I feel like yeah. the best way for advertising. Especially like in health and fitness when really the service is the relationship. Yes, and the experience. And mm-hmm. it, training it's itself, personal training can be such a vulnerable experience. I mean, you're you're moving your body based on how what someone else told you to do. Like, that's kind of a big deal and so if you're looking for a trainer or looking for a gym or something and you hear that you know someone that you kind of know had a good experience with someone or someone else I mean that you're so much more likely to trust them or to go to that place yeah especially if you know that like from a trusted person so on that note can you tell us what you do here in Charleston yes yes so I am a personal trainer as I just mentioned and I um, I also coach small group fitness classes at Fast Fitness and Sports Training. Uh, it's on Upper Meeting Street, downtown Charleston. Um, and then I'm a personal trainer at the Old Village Gym um, in, in Mount Pleasant. Um, I also have my own LLC that I do nutrition coaching through as well. So you're quite the busy lady. <laughs> I have a few things on my plate, but I would say about 80% of it right now is is personal training. And you also are co-host to a podcast. Yes, I am. So my friend um, Hunter Fascinero and I started a podcast last year called More Than Alive. And it's a health and wellness podcast. And we just really try to take the pressure off of wellness and from the perspective of two like young 20-year-olds. Yeah. Um, he's also a personal trainer and and fitness coach. So uh, yeah, we have season one out now and we have I think like 12 episodes out. Um, my favorite one, if you want to check it out, is uh, called More Than a Lens. It's about like living in the moment and not not Snapchatting or Instagramming every single thing that happens. Um, but we yeah. also have episodes on like nutrition and um, working out as well. Yeah, I love that. I'm excited to talk about taking the pressure off of health and fitness. Yes, I think that's a big, big thing that I hope that my generation will will do more of. Yeah. Is your generation the same as my generation? I'm 27. I'm 24. Okay. So I guess. We're like similar. I'm like, I think I'm so. not that much older than you, right? <laughs> no, not at all. I think we're both young, Okay, right? great. There we go. I feel <laughs> I feel older and older with each day. So, no, no, no. So before getting into that, can you tell me like your personal story? Walk me through this journey of you becoming a personal trainer, having your own business. Like where did all this start? Yeah, so I was born and raised in Montgomery, Alabama. Big city um, girl, huh? <laughs> big city. I, I mean, you know, small city for yeah. sure, though. I, I didn't grow up in the in the sticks. We uh, just but- always drove through Montgomery to get to Mississippi, and it was like, Montgomery, you have to go to the bathroom here because after this, it's no man's land. <laughs> oh, yeah. And like that was Montgomery in my head. Yeah, if you were driving uh, west, yeah, there's not much yeah, west exactly. of, of Montgomery. Yeah. Um, but it was a great place to grow up. I was active um, as a child, involved in a lot of different sports, um, gymnastics when I was little, and then switched over to cheerleading um, and continued that all throughout college. So I went to um, Southern Methodist University in Dallas for college and uh, was lucky enough to get to cheer there as well. So continued being active. And I always thought I would go into nursing or something in the medical field, but I decided to major in applied physiology and health management, um, which... That's the um, same major or double major? Same major. Okay. Yes. So it's one big major, um, big emphasis on human physiology. So I took awesome classes like biomechanics, exercise physiology, you know, human anatomy, of course. 
and absolutely loved them, but also paired with the major were health management classes. So um, learning about the management in hospitals and doctor's offices and PT offices um, and kind of learning how to be the boss in those situations. Um, It was a unique major and I'm probably doing a bad job of explaining it. But what I can say is I absolutely loved it. Yeah. A lot of people in that major go on to PT school or That's OT what it, school. I was like, that was a great yes. prereq to like owning your own PT practice. Exactly. Or being a personal trainer. Yeah. Yes. And, and they kind of were preparing us to kind of be that, to be to own your own PT practice per se. And so I actually did an internship um, at a PT clinic in Dallas um, going into my senior year of college and um, – considered PT, but my favorite patients that summer were the older patients who I helped do simple tasks, like stand up, sit down after hip replacement or knee replacement or something. I I love, love, love that. I also especially loved the one-on-one working with because it was was kind of awesome because it was a huge PT clinic and I would just be under acting like a PT tech, I guess, um, and helping out the PTs. So they were over, you know, four or five patients at a time oh, sometimes. <laughs> and so but so then I got to be more one-on-one with these patients, which was awesome. But I loved, like I said, helping the patients do simple tasks. So I was like, okay, how can I do more of this? Got introduced to occupational therapy. I was like, that's awesome. Considered that. But then as senior year went on, um, actually through a, a field trip through my major, what, what I just described, which was an awesome a major. college field trip. Uh, yes, college field trip. Um, <laughs> we went to uh, Cooper Aerobics, the Cooper Clinic, which is in Dallas. Um, and so it's this big campus. They have a hotel, a, a big gym, and a bunch of doctor's offices. So Dr. Kenneth Cooper, if you're not familiar, um, is known as the the father of aerobics. So he was the first kind of guy to say like, hey, actually, it's kind of good for everyone to do cardio (laughs) or, you know, it's, it's good for everyone to work out. Um, He was one of the first people to say that. And he's a medical doctor in preventative medicine, which is interesting, I think. And so we went on a field trip there and long story short, they were, um, they had an internship open for the spring um, and I had already done my internship. So I was like, why would I do another? But something really attracted me to it and, and to fitness and integration of medicine and wellness. That was the coolest thing because I grew up in a medical family. Both of my parents are in the field, but I was never really taught about preventative medicine. Um, And I I learned about it there. And um, and I did end up taking the internship in in the spring of my senior year, um, just because I wanted to learn more about it. And there I got to shadow um, awesome personal trainers. I most of the time was um, cleaning equipment and folding towels, but I got to observe them and I was like, that is so cool. They come in here and they're personal trainers and they work one-on-one with these people all day, every day and help them move, help them feel better. And, you know, the idea, it was integrated with Cooper Aerobics of, of, of it being preventative or of, and of longevity. That's such a big thing that Cooper Aerobics emphasizes um, and that I was attracted to. And then this little thing called the pandemic hit, oh, and man. so I didn't get to finish my internship, and I actually uh, had to go home to Alabama in, in that March, and um, I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to, you know, start personal training, um, start posting fitness stuff. I don't know. I don't know. At the time, it was really the only thing I could control, 
And to back up a little bit, I guess, important context, I did in that that January, right when I started the internship, I did decide that I wanted to get my CPT. I wanted to become a certified personal trainer. Didn't really know why. Didn't know if I would use it after graduation, but it just seemed like something to do, something to study for and add on to my um, Your full plate. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I would literally, I would wake up, go to cheer practice, go to um to class all day and then you know in the, in the early spring is when we have it's basketball season so then often um, times I would have a basketball game until late at night and then I would come do my homework and then I would study for my personal training certification and then wake up like four and hours later yes yeah. it was long I laugh about it with my my friends but this is the truth I Literally on January 1st of 2020, anticipating studying for my certification and going to this internship, I deleted Snapchat. And I was like, Good for you. It was just like a little sub. I was like, Okay, I'm gonna sub this out and then I'm gonna study for my personal training. Yeah, I mean, it's just distracting. Yes. Yeah. So I I did that. And um, luckily, I did pass my exam right before the pandemic hit. So it was good timing looking back. But, anyways, back to where we were being at home in Alabama, I was finishing college, finishing my degree online. And um, like I said, it was really the only thing I could control in that moment. I couldn't control anything with cheerleading. That sadly got just pulled out oh, from under my feet. that was your senior year? Yes. That was like how it ended. Yeah, that's yes. really tough. That's how it ended. Um, it was really tough and disappointing and um, kind of like a death or breakup. I mean, Identity, it was, for sure. Yes. Um, and... Then also I had things in my immediate family happening and changing. And like I said, it was really the only thing I could control. And so I yeah, started posting fitness videos, started um, experimenting with recipes in the kitchen. And uh, I lived out at my lake house with my dog. And it was um, <laughs> it was a really special time. But um, when things started opening back up, I started training people in Alabama. And then Long story short, kind of randomly moved to Charleston and just like everybody um, else. Yep, and just <laughs> um, kept emailing um, the gym I, w- I knew I wanted to work at. Kept emailing the manager there, and um, eventually, when I got it ch- to Charleston that week, I just showed up at the gym. I'm like, "Hi, I, love I would it. like a job." Persistence <laughs> gets you so far. Yes, and. Yeah, just also like confidence too. I think that I was like really scared looking back. I mean, a little bit moving to a city, not knowing anyone and not having a job. That was in August 2020. And the first few weeks of September, I was like, what am I doing? Um, Because I would wake up and go, yeah, take workout classes at the place that I wanted to work, ask people to go to coffee, try. I was just trying. You just had blank slate. Yes. And I was just trying to act confident. Um, Luckily, I I got an audition. um, An audition? Yes. We auditioned to be. um, I I worked at Hilo, um, which is a a great gym here in town. Um, And I I auditioned to be a high coach, which is um, kind of their high intensity. If you're not from here familiar, it's – similar to Orange Theory or whatever. So I was on the mic and I auditioned. And um, thankfully, uh, Brittany, maybe she's listening to this. She's still in town and, and works but um, somewhere else. But she took a chance on me. I had very little experience. And like I said, though, head up, shoulders shoulders yep. back. Cheerleading. And I was like, yeah, exactly. And that's what cheerleading taught me. And like that's fake where it was. you make it. Yes, yeah. exactly. So yeah, now I've been here just over two years. And um, like I said in the beginning, I am a um, small group fitness coach at Fast and a personal trainer at the Old Village Gym. So like looking back, 
the last few years, like it seems like you have just like grown exponentially, you know, like can, so much. it's, what is it? It's almost, it's almost October, but like, what were you doing this time two years ago? So I had just gotten hired and I was trying to coach any class that I could. So if another coach was sick or something, I would be like, yes, I, I can coach that class. I was I'll trying to get as much experience as possible. And I was, I mean, this sounds cliche, but I was failing a lot. I, I really was. I mean, yes, I've talked about confidence. I had that, but I messed up a lot at the beginning. I mean, me on the mic in those first few classes, I don't want to hear her. I don't want to hear her and I don't want to take her class. And I'm really glad that people, people did. trusted me. Yes. Yeah. Just slowly got more and more confident um, through that, made more and more connections um, and built more and more re relationships um, and really learned by doing again. I think that sounds cliche, but it was like, okay, yeah, you're on a mic and you have 30 people. You're about to instruct through an hour workout. I remember at the beginning that being so terrifying, mm -hmm. but in order to learn how to do it, I knew it was something I wanted. And so I was like, you got to just do it and just take a big gulp of confidence and go in there. Fake it till you make it for sure. Yes. Where did you get that? Like, mentality kind of sounds like hustle mentality kind of just like I'm going to try it and see what happens and I think there's so many people that are just like waiting for their career to happen to them when you seem very much like you know you emailed over and over you showed up you were persistent hey let's get coffee hey I want to learn from you I'll do this class even if I don't know what I'm doing like you have to have a baseline level of confidence to be able to do that where did you get that I think I mean I think part of it I was born with, but I think that cheerleading really taught me a lot of it. Um, because especially with like stunning specifically, one, you have to work with other people to literally build something. But if it falls, you have to figure out what happened. What a metaphor. And you have to build it back up. So literally, I, and I was most of the time the flyer at the top and would experience that fall and then had to figure out, okay, what can I, what can I do differently? Because I knew I wanted the goal to be to stay up. Um, and also, you know, I had coaches along the way, and especially my college cheer coach. I mean, we had to practice and keep going until it worked. And I think that that is the mentality that I had when I moved here. I was like, well, I've got to just hustle until I get to where I want to be. Until I get that job, I knew I wanted to work at that gym. And so I just kept going. I kept figuring out how I was going to get there. Like that mentality of failing and getting back up, like was literally what you did as a cheerleader. Like that was instilled in you is like, you fall down, you kind of assess, figure out what happened. You take ownership. You also see like how other people could have helped you work together and you try it again and you try it again and you try it again. And like, I think also there's so many things, that, so many amazing things that people take from sports, but like physically and mentally. But I think there's so many lessons that just become like a very consistent part of your life. Like exercise was a very consistent part of your life. Yes. How was, I mean, like everyone's world was rocked in 2020. You talked a little bit about like grief, a loss, like an identity crisis, because not only was it your senior year, you were like 
this is the end either way. But then it was like, oh, no, two months early. This is the end. How did you cope with that? And like, how did you figure out what fitness looked like for you after that? Yeah, it was weird because I'd been part of a team for so long. Um, and it was weird for it to end. And I had anticipated it ending. Yes, but it ended, you know, sooner than I, I thought it would. There's kind of a saying in the cheer world, at least that I heard, especially in my last couple years, you know, because people do ask, well, what are you going to do after whatever? Because especially with cheerleading, like, even though people may think, NFL cheerleaders or cheerleaders. You they're, don't want to be a dancers. Dallas Cowboy cheerleader? No. So they're dancers. Um, they're very, very talented dancers, but I could never do what they do. For the most part, cheerleading ends um, at the college level. So there's kind of a saying of like, well, you know, usually people either they go really hard to like fitness or they go really hard and don't work out, you know, kind of quote unquote fall off or whatever. So like in my mind, whether that's true or not, there was kind of this split. I was like, oh my gosh, which, which one, one am I going to be? Yeah. Which one am I going to be? You know, through a different, a bunch of different things like those internships and, and different experiences throughout college and especially my senior year, I, you know, knew, I guess, that I was leaning more towards the, the fitness stuff. Um, but it still was weird. It was also weird as the pandemic <laughs> happened because no gyms were open or anything. So I was working out outside and trying to figure out that. But looking back, I think that's one of the things I'm really grateful for because I was moving my body, not just with dumbbells, not just with kettlebells. I was going on hikes. I was going on runs and I was outside figuring out how I could use the bench outside in my lake house in, in different ways. And um, I'm grateful for that because I think that movement and exercise should be emphasized more outside of the gym than maybe it is in some people's minds. Yeah, it, it was weird. I mean, I think that I've talked about, you know, me getting into fitness and like posting stuff and that's more like the career side of it though. But me personally, um, in my like relationship with my fitness, it, it's gone up and down. I mean, I think I was so focused like I mentioned when I got here of getting a job and everything that I did kind of put my fitness to the side. And then after a few months, I realized like, oh, you know, I'm working in fitness, but I haven't really personally challenged myself. Also, I think that I'm sure other personal trainers and people in the fitness industry listening to this can relate. The last thing you want to do sometimes after being in a gym all day is work out there. So that was really confusing for me too because I was like, oh, I'm in this gym. I have a two-hour break. I should work out. I have all this but equipment. I, yeah, but I really, it was really difficult for me. So I realized that going somewhere else um, could help me. Also, the biggest thing that has helped me is going somewhere else where I can be physically but also mentally challenged because I loved – like in cheerleading, we did um, – my cheer team at least did a lot of competition. I started competitive cheer when I was like in sixth grade and my college cheer team did do a lot of competition. So for me, I, I really like that. I also like sports like tennis and stuff. I, I like competition. So I realized that I needed to find that in a gym or in something that I am involved in in terms of like my own physical fitness. So I started going to gyms that I didn't work at um, and finding classes that could challenge me, but most of all, that made it fun for me and made it enjoyable. That's a huge thing for me. I have to look forward to it, but I also have to feel challenged. Yeah. So it was like you were looking for something that 
allowed you to move, but also treated you like an athlete. Yes, yes. And that's why I was so attracted to FAST, the place that I am a coach at, fitness and sports training, because um, Reggie, which I know you've done an episode with him, but he is the owner of FAST and he really emphasizes functional and sports-based like movement, even for non-athletes. So I loved that and I realized like, oh, that's that's how I want to train my body um, and have, you know, been to other places that that do that as well. But those are kind of the criteria for me in, in moving. So was it hard for you going from this thing that was in your schedule every single day to just like you're on your own to like stay consistent and hold yourself accountable in fitness? Yes. And honestly, it's still hard for me. Um I don't want to like be coming on here and be like, I got it all figured out. Um, I don't, but what works best for me that I've seen over the past two years, and it's been a journey, is um, having a routine. And like you said, like I had such a schedule of like practices, um, competition or, or games or whatever with cheerleading, those were set schedules. So I realized like it works best for me to kind of do that for myself. <laughs> so I sign up for workout classes a few weeks ahead. I make plans to play tennis or to play pickleball or something with a friend and try to like put it on my schedule and have that set in. And that is part of my schedule or else the days will just go by. Yeah. Like I think something that a lot of people don't, well, I think we should, we'll talk about like how people make health and fitness a lot more difficult and like fancy than it needs to be. Like the best thing that I've ever done is make fitness a part of my daily schedule, like a part of my life. It's just a part of my routine. It's not like, you know, I take rest days, but it's not like, oh, am I going to work out today? It's like on Mondays, I work out at this time. And that's a really hard transition for a lot of people. But you go to work every day, you brush your teeth every day, you sleep every day, hopefully. Like there's so many things that you just do that are a part of your life that just putting fitness in, like making you're a part of the community. You're, you work out regularly, like making that part of your identity and a part of your regular routine, I think is like the easiest hack. I mean, it's not easy. It's simple. And making it, you know, part of your, your lifestyle. Yeah. And that also sounds cheesy, like fitness is a lifestyle, but it is. And zooming out, it's like, wait, why am I going to the gym? Oh, okay. I'm going to the gym because it makes me feel good. And I like to feel good. Right. So then, like you said, making sure that it is a priority every day or as many days a week as it feels good to you. But I think that that is a big thing to highlight. It is about being in in your lifestyle. And same thing with uh, nutrition and making. Gosh, I hate I don't hate the word healthy. I'm on the Healthy Charleston podcast. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, no, no. I don't hate it, but but I'm just cautious when using it. Individualized and dependent on the person. Yes. I was going to say when making healthy food choices, it's it's the same thing. Choosing to make it part of your lifestyle rather than a thing you have to do, rather than a thing you are supposed to do. I think that's big. The verbiage in your head is super important when speaking about those things. How have you made health, fitness, nutrition just a part of your life, a part of your lifestyle? So obviously I'm around it all the time. <laughs> so helps. it's a big part of Sometimes my it hurts, honestly. career. <laughs> yes. Um, like we said, I like to schedule workout classes. But I think that luckily I've surrounded myself by people that also prioritize health and, 
and wellness or a healthy lifestyle, I guess. So my roommates and I go on a walk pretty much every single day. Um, that's a way for us to catch up and talk about our days, but also move move our bodies. Um, so I think surrounding yourself with people that also um, want to do those things is important. Um, I also make sure that I am choosing things that make me feel good. Um, and, and personally also that's without restriction. Um, I can't have the verbiage in my head of you can't, or you, you have to any of those. So taking those words out of my head has actually helped me live a healthier lifestyle um, because it's not so like segmented or so restricted. It's more fluid and every day, okay, how am I going to move my body today? Okay, what food would I enjoy and that would make me feel good and sustain me for the rest of the day? Those are the kind of questions. So honestly, it's that kind of self-talk, looking inward rather than looking outward has really helped me incorporate wellness, healthy lifestyle throughout my entire life. Yeah. It's like this, the middle ground of things are structured enough that they're in your schedule, but they're not so rigid that you are so restricted that you want to like color so bad outside the lines. Yeah. Like if a friend calls me and wants to catch up over a glass of wine, allowing myself to do that. You're allowed to do that. And that's like a part of you enjoying your life. What do you feel like a lot of people get wrong with health and fitness? I think one of the biggest things that I see and hear about is people focusing on the small things that maybe don't have as big of an impact as they think they do. So the phrase majoring in the minors is what I say a lot. And I think that Precision Nutrition taught me that, which is the um, company I have my nutrition coaching certification through. But some examples of that may be um, stressing about the order of which you eat your food. I know that like there's a big trend of eating fruit first or something like that. There was that. a time that bananas were really bad for you. Yes. Uh-huh. Oh, I remember. That's one of the first things that I remember, like the, the gears in my, my brain turning. Yeah. I think I was like in 11th grade. I was eating a banana and someone was like, that's fattening. And I was oh, like, gosh. shoot. Oh, no. And then I said that around <laughs> my um, friend's mom, who is a fitness instructor. And she was like, actually, the banana has no fat in it. Not that, you know, it's complicated, but she's like, no, it's actually mainly carbs. I'm like, what? How can two people think such different things? Or like, what are they even saying? But anyways, so examples of like, (laughs) yes, eating, people really focusing on um, the apple cider vinegar shot every day. Oh, yes. And like, like that's going to change everything. Yeah. Um, Or yes, of eating fruit first, when in reality, eating the fruit is the main thing Just that like is eat good. The fruit. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think there's also sometimes an overemphasis on like training around like your your menstrual phases and stuff. I think that we just need to be careful around that um, because yes, there's there's interesting research. Um, but those I think things that often it, create barriers though. Yes. And they make it complicated. And it takes the focus away from what's actually important. What's actually important is eating the fruit. What's actually important is moving your body. And 
this focus on the small, small things that probably don't have a big impact, um, I think can be dangerous. And I really hate seeing it among my peers or I mean, among people around my age, especially young women, young women in their um, in their 20s that are scrolling through Instagram. And then they're told you have to drink celery juice every morning in order to get this flat stomach that I just showed you in my reel is like, wait, no, drink the celery juice if you like it and if it makes you feel good, but you don't have to. And it's not going to change everything. What's going to change everything is eating mostly whole foods, is sleeping well at night, is managing your stress and, uh, and having meaningful relationships. I mean, those are the macros, right? Those are the majors. The, that's what you should major in, the majors. Um, not the minors, not the small, small things that probably don't have a big impact. But also like there's no judgment to those people who are in that mindset or who do love the apple cider vinegar shot. And I hope that I'm, I don't come across that way. It's more that I've just seen people become over restrictive, um, feel guilty when they don't do the, those minor things. And that's what I want to shift away from. I don't want someone to feel guilty, to feel shame if they have pizza at 11 p.m. with their best friend. I mean, that's just not something that you should feel guilty about and or shameful about. And I think that stressing about a situation like that is worse than actually doing it. I always say like stressing about the cookie is worse than eating it. Yes, and that's a very simple statement because you know some people do have problems with overeating or, or something. You know, I don't wanna say a simple statement that I um, wrongfully think encompasses everyone. But I think it can be a dangerous mindset. And um, and I personally experienced that a little bit um, going into my sophomore year of college. So just like a lot of people uh, after the freshman year of college, um, I... <laughs> I was uh, I I lived up to the 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 saying the freshman fifteen I did and that's okay but um uh, that summer going to my sophomore year I really swung hard the other way um, and became very restrictive became um, obsessive over only eating quote unquote healthy foods and felt guilty eating chips or bread or anything that society has labeled as really bad. I remember like when when I would go eat Mexican food with my family or friends, like timing, I had a timer. I would, I would set it on my phone and I could only have a chip every minute. Oh my God, you did a and chip e-mom? That's only yes. <laughs> One chip every minute. Um, so that was, you know, going into my sophomore year of college and like one, I, I started to kind of notice that I started being a lot less happy. I was mean to my friends and family. I was, it was not a good place to be in and you know, I, I didn't have an eating disorder, but um, I would definitely categorize it as disordered eating. And I thought that that that's a scary place to be. And I, I don't want anyone else to be there. And that's why I get so like fired up about the majoring in the minors thing is because it can lead to unhealthy habits and unhealthy mindsets around food. The pursuit of these like really small details that don't move the needle forward, but we're told we should do or we have to do in pursuit of being quote unquote healthy, we actually become less healthy mentally yes. and physically. And like, I see it all the time. I get asked a lot, like all of these questions all the time, whether it's regarding pain or health or injury or fitness. And it's like, 
most people are so worried about, should I do this like cryo thing? Should I eat this one food? Like, when should I have my protein? Should I have the banana? Should I sleep this long? Or should I wake up at this time? Like, and it's just people have made it so, so complicated when they're not even, like you said, like ma- they're not even getting the majors right. Like they're not getting the 99% right enough to care what the supplement is going to do for you, what the B12 right. shot is going to do for exactly. you. Exactly. I think you and I agree. Yeah. Okay. Pulling it back. It should be more simple, but that can be frustrating to people. And that's what I've seen in a lot of clients, a lot of people I speak with. Um, it's frustrating. People are looking for the one fix all. Yeah. And I think that that's because we've been conditioned in this Western world to think, okay, I have a headache. This pill fixes that. Oh, I have a backache. This pill fixes that. My stomach hurts. This pill fixes that. We were just very conditioned. At least I was in my experience growing up, very conditioned to think, um, put the bandaid on it. And it, it wasn't until I became more educated on human physiology and um, food science and and nutrition that I learned like, oh, those things, that's that's not a solution. And and also like when I learned how much stress affects your body. I'm like, why are we stressing about this stuff? Yeah. It's, it's making Stop it worse. Stressing. It's making it worse. But it's frustrating. And like I said, it's not that these people who think this, slash we've all been there, so including myself, are bad people. I mean, I think it's just some issues with the system. Yeah, I think that's what like you and I are both passionate about, especially like everyone these days can have a podcast. So like what message can we get out in our podcast that isn't being talked about anywhere else? And it's really just like the simple things move the needle forward. It's sleeping enough. It's having healthy relationships. It's moving your body regularly in a way that you enjoy. It's managing your stress. It's eating enough of the right things. Notice I didn't say anything about restriction. Yes. Notice I didn't say anything about a – I don't even know what the new fads are because I <laughs> I just don't care because they, they're just a fad. They cause you to swing the pendulum. You get really focused on those things, and they take your focus away from what really matters. And exactly what you said, people are looking for that one thing when, like, we actually do have those one things. They're just not sexy. Like, what matters is consistency. And, like, consistency, like – me posting on Instagram, it being consistent with sleep, stress, nutrition, and exercising is not sexy. Nobody gives a shit. It's like, oh, but you should do this thing and this very exactly. specific thing and work out this way if you're on this like period of your cycle and sleep in this position and don't move your body in this certain way. It's like, oh, wow, there's just so much noise. Like, How can we help people cut through the noise? There's so much noise and that's something, you know, before coming speaking with you that I was thinking about. And it's just I think it's really the increased activity on on Instagram and all of that blowing up. I mean, and social media in general. Like there's so much noise. I think education is a big thing and that's really one of my main goals with nutrition coaching and I try to teach my clients about the basics of nutrition because you speak with people like for example, I've spoken to people before that are like on keto, but they don't even know what the three macros are. And the keto diet is really based around um, about, around fat. 
and around ketosis and, and people don't even know what that is. So, I mean, I guess the solution is, is education. And I think that that's what made to move is also trying to do and hopefully what I'm trying to do, but I don't, I don't know what the, the big solution is. Maybe there's not, the whole point is that there's not one thing, right? There's not a solution. It's just like continuously educating and empowering your people that you're with. Yes. You can only hope that that's going to spread and that has a domino effect. Yes. And I think one thing that you mentioned um, just briefly, you said you, you want, you like to move your body in, in a way that feels good to you. I think that that is one of the biggest things. And like I mentioned earlier is looking inward. I mean, I think that's one thing we can, we can all encourage other people to do. And hopefully if you're listening to this, I challenge you to really don't look if you're at a big dinner with all your friends and don't look at the person next to you what they're eating you know um, that's impossible not to do but you know try to really think what do I want in this moment I guess I mean I guess that's what intuitive eating is which has kind of been more popular um but I think that I want to relate it also to exercise too. Don't worry if if your friend or the person next to you in the fitness classes is, is doing something or if you, your friend goes to the gym five days a week, but what you want to do is go ro- rock climbing. Cool. Do, do what makes you feel good. Um, I think that's a challenging thing to do in life in general. <laughs> We're humans and we like to kind of copy each other and we want to be part of the crowd. Um, it's like we very don't want to stick out. Biological, yes. you know? Yeah. yeah. Like we, we don't want to stick out, right? Because then we get eaten by the tiger, <laughs> right? We copy I mean, other people. Is that what it goes back to? <laughs> probably something like that. Like we copy other people. That's like very just a basic like psychology thing that we do is that especially when it comes to flattery, we copy people without even realizing it. And we want to be a part of a community. Like we want to be likable and we want to be a part of a, a tribe. And so then like if all your friends are doing this thing, you also associate your identity with their identity. And so like I felt it both ways of my friends are doing this thing and that makes me do that thing and that thing is good for me. Yes, and it, I, is a, it, it can be a good thing for sure. But it also like I have felt sometimes that my fr- – and I, I think sometimes this happens at gyms. Like my friends are doing it in this way. And they're very like hyper vigilant of what they're eating and how often they're working out. And so then I become hyper vigilant. So like you have definitely looking inward, but also like looking at the people that you're surrounding yourself with. Exactly. And that's why I was saying I love the people I, I live with right now because we we go on walks and sometimes that's our exercise for the day. And that's important to them. But I think being self-aware is one of the biggest things. So, you know, yeah, okay, you can't ignore looking at the person's plate next to you. You can't ignore the person in the workout class going really, really hard. You know, we're, we're humans and that's life and it does affect you. And I think it's ignorant to try to argue that it doesn't. But being self-aware, spending time alone, actually, um, journaling, reflecting, praying, what, whatever. I think those things, even if it's five minutes a day, again, I feel like I'm being so cheesy in this whole conversation. Again, I feel like that sounds so cheesy, but like, no. I think that those things, that's how you can make sure that you are doing what you want to do. And maybe you're going to swing and maybe you're going to slip and fall. Of course you are. We're human. I mean, you are maybe going to be influenced by others in a way that didn't make you feel good whether you know whatever way that was but trying to spend time alone and and reflect and and be like okay what do I want what do I really want 
to eat today? What do I, how do I want to move my body today? Even if all my friends are going to the gym, well, I don't really want to do that. You know, there's a million examples, but I think that self-awareness is key. What would you say to the people that say something like, like, I think there's a lot of talk about like intuitive eating. Oh, well, I'm just going to eat donuts and pizza then all day. Cause that's what I want to eat. That's what's going to make me feel good. Like, how do you combat that? Yeah. I mean, I probably come across as pretty relaxed and pretty um, open. You know, nothing is good. Nothing is bad. Um, but I do prioritize um, and really value discipline. I think that um, – so discipline is one of the stoic virtues um, and stoicism is, is very fascinating stoic, to Ashley? me. I um, try to read some some things from the stoics. Yeah. Um, because I think they're wise, but um, that's just an example that they they find they think the discipline is important, and I do too. Um, and just like anything, there's kind of gray area, and that's why I mentioned like swinging hard the other way. Well, it's like a pendulum or a gray area. You got to find what's what's right for you. I think we all know that eating Krispy Kreme at McDonald's and laying on the couch all day is every day is not exactly. what fulfills you. And again, it, so then it comes back to the self-awareness. That's not what fulfills you. I, my hunch is it's not, that doesn't fulfill anyone. It also actually doesn't feel good. And that's the thing. That's like why I love to eat vegetables and move my body and stuff because it feels I feel good. good. So it's like yes. the, the freedom that comes with intuitive eating when you have been restricting your first thought is binge yes. because that's the cycle that you're in. But when it's all just, you know, out in front of you and you get to choose, there's no restriction. There's no like, oh, finally I get to eat this food. It's just like, no, that food is, it's like alcohol, you know, like, oh, that alcohol is available to me. Yes. And of course we're speaking the, from the perspective um, of people who don't have psychological disorders that, you know, like alcoholism or, or even like binge yeah. eating disorder. We're talking from the perspective of like, healthy people who have normal tendencies because the Krispy Kreme does smell amazing. Oh, um, for sure. And But yes, exactly what what you're saying is like asking yourself like, oh, what, what makes me feel good? Like, what do I you know? really need? I think when you ask yourself like, not just what do I really need to feel good, like what do I really need from a longevity and a health perspective? Exactly. How am I going to get through the rest of my day? Yes. What is going, going to sustain me? What is going to help me sleep tonight? For me, exercise really helps me sleep well. That's why I love moving my body throughout the day. Um, but a big reason why I work out is, yeah, we, you know, we've talked a lot about the, the short, short scale of like, oh, I just want to feel good. We've said that like a million times now, which I agree with. And that is a big reason um, why I choose certain foods throughout the day, choose to move my body throughout the day. But the biggest reason is for longevity. The biggest reason is because I want to live a long, healthy life um, and I want to feel good doing it. And that's really what I emphasize and really want to help other people, especially my clients, realize is that I want you to be able to reach up, grab the laundry detergent while holding a baby on your hip without throwing your back out. That's a very specific example, but you get it. I mean, I want you to be able to do the yard work that you want to do, be able to go fishing or hunting um, with your friends or, you know, whatever it may be while feeling good. 
for me specifically, I want to be a mom like more than anything in this world. And that's something that helps Taking me. applications, uh, people. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> um, I don't want to be a mom tomorrow, to be clear. Well, you said more than anything <laughs> in this world, so. <laughs> to be clear, Let us know. Tomorrow. Her contact info is in the show notes. Oh, God. Unless you're already um, with someone and I don't know about it. But. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not at the moment. <laughs> but that's why I eat healthy. I want to be a healthy, healthy mom, a healthy friend, a healthy person you that enjoy moves throughout your life. the day. Yes. And I try to encourage a lot of young women who are like we all can be sucked into the skinny mentality or that that skinny is better by saying like sometimes it helps people ask, well, do you want to have children or do you want to, you know, live, live, live longer? And having a little body fat actually helps do both of those things. Um, I know that's a very simple statement, but that helps me personally. Whenever, you know, sometimes I'm human and look in the mirror, I'm like, oh, I wish I was like five or 10 pounds skinnier. I'm like, wait, no, because I want to be healthy and I want to be a mom. Yeah. So many people are like, I just want to lose like five to 10 pounds. And I'm like, why? Where did you get this message and the belief? I know. What is that going to do for you? And like, I'm all about making healthy changes, making healthy decisions, like for sure, always in the pursuit of whatever we're defining as health for you, because I think it's very individualized. But when it's just this blanket statement of like, I think I should lose five to 10 pounds for someone who isn't at risk of being unhealthy and having a chronic disease, like exactly where'd you get That's that message? That's the biggest thing. Yes. I mean, I think it's just, we've been conditioned to, th- to think that way through um, social media and through um, this Western world that really puts skinniness on a pedis- beauty pedestal sometimes. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yes, I agree with you. I also say to myself, so <laughs> if, the, if the, oh, I want to be a mom thing doesn't get you through, a big thing oh, is like, oh. wouldn't you rather, again, a simple statement, but wouldn't you rather have be five to 10 pounds heavier and enjoy the cookies and wine and like a really good meal with your friend then not. And that's where like my experience a little bit with the disordered eating and timing of the eating the chips, like that was not fun. I was in a bad mood. I was mean. I was not happy and I was angry. And I would so much rather be five to 10 pounds heavier than be that way. Yeah, We really value that five to 10 pounds. And I, I also very much think you can have those things in your life and be and and feel amazing when you look in the mirror. Well, exactly. Yes. It's just it's what you're I think it's like the the image that you have in your mind based off what you see versus what's actually real and there are a lot of people who are like, oh, I just don't want any body fat. I'm like, well, oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know if you really know what Especially that means. Especially women. I'm like, you need a, you need oh, you a, want to like a little really bit there. Turn skin and bones. Like, I'm not sure about that. What do you feel like most of your clients struggle with? I think with focusing on the minors, like we talked about, a lot of people come with like, just tell me the one thing I'm missing. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, um, actually, you just need, you know, moving your body and um, making uh, making food at home, things like that would actually lead to a, a bigger impact. I think that also a lot of women who are majority of my clients are scared of lifting weights. So I want to come on here and say that um, resistance training is good for your bones, good for your muscles, good for your body. 
Do um, you want to be able to stand up from the toilet independently? Exactly. Do you want to fall and break your hip? Exactly. And like, that's what I care about. And I want to help people feel good with lifting up their baby, lifting up their grandchild and things like resistance training can, can really help that. And so I want people to hopefully know that and realize that, that working out is, is about that, you know, it's like, it's, yeah, it's, it's not about getting the compliment from that guy on the street or about. No, we don't actually want friend. those anymore. We actually no more cat calls, want him please. To talk to us. Yeah. <laughs> I want to wear a paper bag so that I, he doesn't say anything, but like, I think there's a lot of women that like, they don't, they don't want to get bulky. Like we can probably talk about that all day. And it's yeah. like, I think you are allowed to work out, to look good and be like, I'm proud of the way that I look. And also know that like you working out is doing so many other good things for you yes. other than the way that you look. Exactly. Like that's, that's, thank you for saying that. That's what I'm trying I'm to say. I'm getting, I'm picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say. I'm saying a million other sentences and words, but that's what I'm trying to say. That's the most important thing. Like, y- yes, you working out is doing so much more than altering your physical appearance. And that's what I want to help my clients with. But also not that wanting to alter your physical appearance is bad, but I think it's just focused on a little too much. And when you ask people, like, that's probably the first reason that most people work out. Yes. I want to look good. Okay, why do you want to look good? Also, what does good mean? (sighs) That's good. Yeah, that's a good question. Like, I want to like the way that I look. Why do you want to like the way that you look? So I can feel confident. Why is that important to you? And like, you keep asking, you you keep asking and you get down to, because I want to be healthy, be a role model, be able to take care of my kids, live my life. Like what people really, really want is for their body to support and allow them to live their life versus the extreme. The only alternative is that your body is preventing you from living your life. Yeah. And whether they realize it or not, I think that you're right. I think that that's what most people want. Um, confidence, that word that you just said. That's confidence huge. inward and out, like physically and mentally and like confidence that like I feel, I like the way that I look, you know, I, I feel confident walking into your room and also confident that if your friend's like, do you want to go hike? Do you want to go on this trip? Do you want to go paddleboard? Do you want to go to the airport? No one wants to do that. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you want to go to the airport? Hey, you want to go, yeah. Yeah, do you want to travel and then you People have to like go to, to watch planes take off? Don't worry, Anna. It's like, fine. you want, do you want to be able to say yes? And do yes. you want your body to give you all the options versus you travel a lot, right? Imagine yes, if you like didn't to. have like physical capabilities. What would travel look like for you? If I didn't have physical capabilities, it would look really different. Um, like you mentioned, yeah, hiking, walking around a new city, experiencing other, like even just workout classes. And, um, I love to like, if I'm in a new city, try a different workout class or something. Um, I wouldn't be able to see nearly as much, um, as I've seen, I wouldn't be able to learn nearly as much. And that's another big thing. Yeah. I mentioned having a kid, hopefully a lot of travel is happening before having a kid. So, um, that's, what's more important to me. And I think that's important for everyone to realize, okay, what, why do I want to be physically healthy? I've mentioned a lot, like being able to pick up your kids. Like maybe that's an example for me. That's what's on your mind. Traveling. No, <laughs> oh my God. It's not. This to is be clear, broadcasting to all Charleston. I'm so excited oh, to see no, no, the no. inquiries that you get. No, 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 no. Um, 
<laughs> I want to travel and, and ski and hike and do all those things. And like that's more of, more of an immediate goal than living long than definitely having babies or something. And so I recognize that in myself. And so that's like, yeah, that's a big reason why I try to stay active, try to make these choices. I mean, that's what it's important. That's what matters. You know, it, it's not about, like I said, the, your, your friend or whoever on Instagram thinking that you look thin. That doesn't matter. It really doesn't. You know what matters is yeah, what I just said about you know figuring out what you want to do, what what's important. I want I want I personally want to travel and and all the other things I've mentioned. But what matters is how you treat others, how you show up every single day at your job, how you you know talk to the person who's checking you out at, at the grocery store how you show up in your relationships and friendships and if it, you know, call, calling a family member or something like things like that matter so much more than you being thin or some whatever, you know, for guys maybe being jacked or something. Being thin doesn't change your character. No. And it's not what's important. Yeah. And I, I think that's so often the way it's fine if that's what gets you started in health and fitness, but that's never going to keep you going. Yes, exactly. And like, this is a long game. We don't work out for a week and then we're we're good. What a world that would that'd be interesting. Yeah, things would be a lot different. A lot different, but <laughs> it's the the simple things that you just have to keep doing over and over again. Exactly. So to kind of wrap things up, a couple more questions. We live in a southern city. I would argue that we have kind of changed the brand of Charleston, or again, maybe we're just in a bubble of that, like this podcast is called the Healthy Charleston Podcast, but there's so many people that work out. There's all of these different, you know, like Basic Kitchen, Harayali, Harbinger. There's all these quote unquote healthy places to eat. Yeah, like we're still a city about bachelorette parties and drinking, but I think we're so we're so much more than that now. What things do you love to do in Charleston that make you feel healthy, that make you feel alive, that make you feel like you're you're chasing wellness? Well, like you just mentioned, you mentioned a bunch of great restaurants. I think that we have some awesome restaurants that offer um, nutritious food. So Hurriali, Harbinger, The Daily, Basic Kitchen. Um, those are some of my favorites. I, I love to go get breakfast with a friend, um, get dinner with friends, and um, eating local and um, nutrient-dense food makes me feel alive, makes me feel um, healthy, but also um, doing things outside. So Hampton Park is probably like my favorite way to be active. I love to walk around Hampton Park. I think the city does such a good job of taking care of it. Yeah, we live um, in a beautiful city. Yes, yeah. we do. Our, our Parks and Rec, I guess it is. Parks they, and Rec? Yeah. I just think of Leslie yeah. Nope. Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> but Par Charleston Parks and Rec, uh, they do a great job of taking care of our parks and rec um but hampton park is a wonderful place to to walk around um i also love playing tennis or pickleball and um, we have a lot of tennis courts oh around God, pickleball especially is huge now yes it's it's huge all over the, the city all over the country really but um charleston has pickleball courts public pickleball courts public tennis courts um i like to take advantage of those um i mentioned like i, I love like high intensity classes so i'll go to different um, gyms. I love the rush classes at 
at ethos but i also love it's actually a big challenge for me to slow down um because i'm all i've been go 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 since i was since i could be um and i love going to kate moon yoga um who now owns flow state wellness um i love challenging myself in 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 that way through through yoga um so those are some of the things that i i love here but i agree with you i think we have a lot going on here yeah there's so many like boutique fitness studios or so many yoga studios or so many people yes. that like to work out there's like run clubs and we have a huge um like triathlon culture here there's pickleball there's so many things and like there's also drinking mimosas with your friends and that is okay too yeah it is a bit of the work hard play hard mentality yeah um it's <laughs> true but i i love it what message do you really want people to take home about health and fitness well, I really want people to know that like health and fitness is about longevity. It's not about having a certain physique or yeah, outward ap appearance to and to impress others. It's about longevity. I think that we are often looking for a small simple fix, but I think where we can find maybe relief is is in knowing that it is a bit simple. It, it's more simple than we often try to make it. Eating whole foods, eating foods that you enjoy, trying to get good quality sleep, trying to manage your stress as much as you can, and doing things that bring you genuine joy. I think that those are some of the big, big things that I wish that more people focused on that matter a lot more than these small, small things that the Instagram influencer is trying to tell you matters. Yeah. Like focus on what is actually going to move the needle. Yes. Simple, not easy. Well, and that's a big thing. Yeah. That but I don't want to. None of it's easy. No. And that's where I think that discipline can be important and can be useful. Um, these things are not always easy. Um, but being disciplined, making a schedule like we talked about earlier, um, setting these things because they're important to you, because you want to live a long, healthy life, because you want to be able to go hiking with your friend or something like that, you know, th that's what's important. Yeah. Where can our listeners find you and connect with you? So I have um, an Instagram at ActiveAsh Training. I am no Instagram influencer and I'm not the best at it, um, but I do try to post some um, healthy things that I'm doing around Charleston and I love connecting with people on there and also like to post when I'm traveling and stuff. Um, so I love that. Please connect with me on Instagram. Um, and then I am working at the Old Village Gym. So if you if you live in the area or you're a member of the Old Village Gym, um, come hang out um, or come say hi. And um, also come by Fast, uh, fitness and sports training on Upper Meeting Street. Um, we have small group classes for adults. You do not have to be an athlete to come by. So come say hello and then you'll probably see me walking around Hampton Park. Hampton Park and Muriali. Yeah. Yes. yes. Ashley, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. I really enjoyed this and um, 
I just, I hope it helps people. If, if you found this interesting, please send me a DM or something. I'd, I'd love to chat more with you. Like we talked about a few times, connecting is so important. And if you found, yeah, or you have questions or anything, like send me a message and I'd, I love talking with people. So I'd love to chat with you. Love it. Awesome. Thank you. Today, we talked all about connections and relationships. If you want to connect with Ashley, links to her social media are in the show notes below. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. New episodes are out every Monday. Have an awesome week.